Good evening. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. Uh, we thank you for just listening to us and we pray that we're being a blessing to you. Um, once again, we always encourage you to share these um, videos with your family and friends that you feel like that is something that they need to hear. And like I said, most of all, if, if it's being a blessing to you, we just thank God for it because we want you to grow in this grace and have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, but this is the last install. We've been talking about developing emotional um, maturity, developing emotionally, because we live in a sign that well, you know, we I, when I look, people's emotions are all over the place. We There's a real strong emphasis on mental health nowadays where people... Um, uh, mentally being childish, you know, and then we know it came, some of it came through the pandemic and people being isolated. And and so it's been a real challenge, you know, maybe for you to mentally uh, and emotionally uh, be healthy. And that's what God, we understand, well, maybe we don't talk about this enough in the church, but God wants us emotionally. Why? Because our emotions um, lead to our behavior. Okay, it starts with a thought. Different thought it affects our emotions, and our emotions lead us to to it affects our behavior, and so we want our behavior to line up with the word of God. No matter how things are going, God has equipped us to respond the right way. But we got to get our emotions in check. We can't allow um, our circumstances and our situations to be governed by emotions. Our life has to be governed by the word of God. And you may be saying, well, I can't help how I feel. Yes, you can. You can help how you feel. You don't know how we have to, even though you haven't have emotions and not saying you shouldn't have emotions, not saying you shouldn't get angry, upset, but we can't allow those emotions to move us away from the things of God. And so we've been talking about that. And last week we talked about um, disarming your triggers. And so and I think that's key. One of the things we, we have to know is what are the things that trigger us? What are the things, what are your weaknesses? What are the things that trigger you? And it may have come from your childhood. We talked about it may start, this all starts from your childhood. It, through your childhood, um, your belief system is formed all the way up to your adulthood. And so sometimes we may experience some type of trauma or sometimes we experience some type of tragedy, uh, things that we have experienced. And that, that Calls us to form a belief system about certain things, certain situations, people, places, things. And so, therefore, we have to go to God and say, okay, God, if there's a lie that I'm believing, okay, I need your help change the lie. I need to find a scripture to speak that and take authority over that lie that the enemy has placed in my thoughts, life. And challenge. So this is what we want to do. And so therefore, so we're going to finish up tonight and we're just going to talk about developing this emotional, you know, uh, maturity. Uh, another word we can use cultivate. And I want to just lift up two scriptures with three, two or three scriptures tonight um, that help us with our emotional maturity. So I first want to look at Matthew chapter seven, eight. Seven, seven, excuse me, and verse 18. And it reads, a good tree 
cannot bear bad fruit, but a a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. For every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown the fire. Now, when we've maybe you've heard this particular verse, and most time when we hear this scripture, or I've heard rather, um, it's saying we can judge people and tell what they save or not save or not. Okay, and that's just not what this scripture is talking about in context. Now, in context, this scripture is talking about recognizing false prophet. But for tonight, we're going to deal with as far as our emotional concerns. So, and here's where I want to go with this is that by changing the inner attitude of your mind, your outer behavior shifts and you become able to maintain relationship far more effectively. So what this scripture is basically referring to is it says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit why because the root if a, if a if a tree is good the root is going to be good if a tree is bad a bad it's going to have a bad root so in other words a, a apple tree can't produce thorns and a thorn trees can't produce apples okay why because the root of it and so when we look at this you know when we look at our outer behavior, okay, it's some you when you begin, it says when you begin to change your inner attitude of your mind, your outer behavior shifts. So when your root is right, okay, your behavior is going to be right. And it goes on to say that, hey, you're going to have better relationships. You know, you're going to be able to maintain good relationships far more better. And see, and this is the key, because in this life, it's all about relationships. You know, your main relationship is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so if your emotions are not intact, then it's going to affect your relationships here even on earth. It's going to affect relationships, and we want to have be more effective in our relationship. Okay, the, the image of yourself as a tree, okay? This image of yourself, think of yourself as a tree, it says... All that is above ground level reflects your outer behavior, okay? But what is seen by others and yourself. So imagine yourself as the tree. Now, everything outside the tree, you'll be, it, reflects, it reflects your behavior, okay? And it's seen by other people. So what do people see in your behavior? Does it line up with the word of God? Does it not line up with the word of God? It said the root of the trees are your inner beliefs, your judgments, your vows said to you or that you have said over yourselves that activate your triggers and affect your behavior. So that's what the root is. So my question to you tonight is what inner beliefs have you had? Have you, do you have the judgment you have, the vows that you've made? That you said over to you sit over yourself, or that you allow somebody to speak over you. Trigger those things, activate your triggers, and it affects your behavior. Because what you believe, your end, you gotta understand something that your belief system is so key. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about other people? These are all important because it's gonna affect how you behave. It's going to affect how you behave. And so this is the key is I need to 
find, figure out what I believe. Does your belief system line with the word of God? Because it's going to affect you emotionally. And then from there, it's going to affect your behavior. Inner belief often flows from childhood rules like um, there's no such thing as I can't. Or speak only when spoken to. Uh, to change your negative behavior, you must understand what lies at the root, cut it off, and replace it with positive behavior so that a positive fruit can flourish. I want you to shift failure is not an option. To failure is a chance to learn and grow. Okay. So we, we got these inner beliefs from your, your childhood. We we learned childhood roots. We, like I said, slogans like, well, there's no such thing that I can't. You know, we 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 got these slogans. We 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 these these um belief systems was formed based on childhood. But you gotta change that negative behavior. And how do you change your behavior? Um, you gotta go to the root. What lies at the root of your belief system? Okay. What lies at the root? You gotta figure that out. What lies at the root? And go to God and ask God to help you. If I'm believing a lie, you show me what that lie is so I can change it. Which we're gonna say you so when you find out what the lie is, you you gotta get it at the root, you gotta cut it off and replace it with a positive behavior so that a positive fruit flows. So we want what would we want? We want the fruit of the spirit to flow in life. What what are the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, long suffering gentleness, goodness, patience, meekness, self-control, all those things we want to flow out of our lives. Well, because now let me help you understand, they're already in you. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came living on the inside. He took up resonance and all those things inside you. But the problem is they're lying, they're lying dormant. They're not flowing. Why? Because you have your your belief system that that maybe was from your childhood is the thing that's dominating and they can't flourish. And so we want them to flourish. And I love what it says here, what it says, um, shift failure is not an option to failure the chance to learn and grow. OK, failure is not an option because so maybe you're a person you want to be a perfectionist. You know, sometimes we get caught up on it and being a perfectionist and I want to do everything right, maybe perfect, and you don't want to fail. Well, you may fail, but you need to take on the the phrase, failure is a chance to learn and grow. When you fail, figure out, okay, hey, I messed up, so how can I learn and grow from this mistake? This is, is and this is all a part about having emotional maturity, the growing in this. How can I learn from the mistakes I made? Because we are all going to make some mistakes in your life. But the question is, how do you learn from those things? And that's going to help you emotionally going forward. You know, as you begin, you know, God, as you go with your walk with God and you walk this journey and he will show you how to deal with certain situations and you don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Because you don't want to keep responding the same way if you're not getting the results you know, that you need to be getting and the results that God wants you to get. Okay. You can't keep responding the same way. You need to change the way you think. And then that will affect your emotions. 
Our deep-rooted vows are a defense mechanism we employ as as a response to negative words, um, experiences, or situations to protect ourselves from being hurt. See, maybe you form a, a, a defense mechanism deeply rooted so you don't get hurt. You know, maybe you hurt in relationship, divorce, um, friendship gone sour, you know, relationship with your mother, your father, you know, your sibling. Um, but what we do, we put up fences to protect ourselves from that. Okay, so we want to protect ourselves from being hurt emotionally. And here's how it goes something like this. I said, I'll never. Have you ever made those statements? Well, I'll never do that. Well, I'll never forgive. Well, I'll never, you know, allow them to be in my life or never. And so when we make these, without using the word, absolute statements, okay, and that may not be the God's plan. This is such judgments like that are critical and condemning and reflect a refusal or inability to forgive or to trust no one. So you don't want to live on this earth saying, I don't trust no one. Now, I'm not saying you have to trust everybody. You know, you're not going to trust everybody, but you cannot live this life, you know, not saying, well, I don't trust no one. When people hurt you, you, you have this inability to forgive or you refuse to forgive them. And that's not what God wants, because guess what? You know, it's going to affect your relationship with God, because guess what? God works through people. Okay, this is why you got to learn how to forgive. This is one of the reasons, basically, because God works through people. God blesses you through people. So if you don't trust anyone, and I know you've been hurt, and you have to ask God to hear you of that hurt. Okay, I know you may have been hurt, betrayed, and abandoned, whatever the case may be, but allow God to heal you in that area. Okay, you may not trust that person anymore that hurt you, but you can't take that and apply that same belief system to everybody that you meet. Because like I said, it will affect your relationship. It will affect how God can use you and how God, what God can take you, you know, spiritually on your journey. And so this is what God wants for you. So you have to be allow him to heal you where you've been hurt at. And that's part of your emotional allowing you to be healed, even though you've been hurt, even though that person betrayed you or hurt you, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to heal you so that you can flourish, so you can grow in maturity in Christ. And so that, hey, you can not only show people the love of Christ, show people how to respond the way Jesus would respond. So having to go. Having a go at your own tree of behavior, identify your inner beliefs, deep-rooted vows, and judgment that feed your behavior. So you need to take a look at these things. Identify your inner beliefs, uh, your deep-rooted vows, your, the judgment that feed your behavior. Pray. You need to pray this and ask God what he wants to highlight to bring you to a greater freedom. See, this is about freedom. This is not about, you know, other people's freedom. It's about your freedom. When you forgive, you set yourself free. Okay. And I know, no, your, your brain is not telling you that. And the enemy is telling you, yeah, you, 
you're letting that person off the hook when you forgive them. No, you're setting yourself free. The Bible says he was who the sun sets free is free indeed. God says, I want to set you free by you letting go of that false belief system that the, it comes from the enemy and embracing the truth of God's word so he can set you free. You need to talk this through with, with, with trusted friends who will both encourage and challenge you to liberate yourself from your negative emotions and construct positive ones. So I pray that God, you have somebody in your life that will challenge you on these things so you can be liberated. You know, I pray God will put people around you that will challenge you and challenge you on your belief system so you can be emotionally mature, so you can grow, so you can respond the right way. Now, let me let you say this. You're not going to be perfect at it right away. You know, you're not going to be perfect at it, but you will get better at it as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. So the last scripture I want to lift tonight, just one more scripture tonight. Um, and we've heard this scripture, but I just want to kind of deal with it and, and give you some understanding. And this it is Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 and 18. OK, and we've heard it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to do it from the King James Version. First, I know about how I said any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what 17 says. That's what 17 says. And so, and I'm reading from a new living train. It says here, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. So when you come to Christ, you are a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all this, verse 18 says, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him okay and so we see here so it's in you're a new creation when you become saved now you may not look new you may not do nothing on you look new but on the inside you're new okay but guess what your mind has to be renewed to believe that it says, as Jesus said in, in John 6 and 63, it says, it is the spirit that quickens, okay? The flesh profits nothing. The word he said, I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And it is the spirit world and the, the spiritual man that is really important, not the flesh. So it's not your flesh. We give our flesh too much credit. Okay, you can't give your flesh any credit. It says here the flesh profits nothing but the spirit. Why? Because when you got saved, he saved your spirit, not your flesh. Now, prior to salvation, okay, a lost man has a dead spirit. So prior to you getting saved, your spirit is dead. It doesn't matter if uh if you obtain great wealth or influence in the flesh, all the thing. Um, your spirit is dead and separated from God. So it doesn't matter what your works are. Okay. It doesn't matter how much you flourish in the flesh. Your spirit is dead. As Jesus said, for what is the profit of man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? And that's in Matthew's uh, 
8 and 36. But upon salvation, there is a total change that takes place, not in the flesh or the soul, but in the spirit. And they become totally new. So your flesh, when you got saved, your flesh wasn't made totally new. And neither was your, your soul, which is where your emotions are. Okay. You have to be renew your mind. Okay. So, but your spirit was made totally new. So in order to become emotionally mature, you have to, as we talked about Romans chapter 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you become emotionally mature. You got to allow the word of God to transform your thinking. So by observation, you can see uh, this is not speaking of your body or your soul. Okay, this particular scripture we're talking about here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18. Okay, it's not talking about. Okay, if, now here's the example. It says, if you were fat before you got saved, then you're still going to be fat after you got saved. We're talking about the physical here. Okay. You don't instantly change all things become new. Okay. It's obvious too that if you, this is not speaking of your soul. Okay. So we know in the physical, if you, like I said, if you overweight, when you get saved, you can be overweight. You overweight before you got saved, you can be overweight after you get saved. It's also not speaking of your soul. It says if you, you if you're stupid before you got saved, then you're going to be stupid after you get saved. But you, until you renew your mind. Okay. And so it's not talking about when this scripture is talking about when you become new, it's not talking about your flesh or your soul, meaning your flesh or your emotions. They have to be renewed by the word of God. But at salvation, our spirits get born again. They become totally new and identify with Christ because it is the spirit of Christ that has been shed abroad in your heart. So your spirit got saved. Okay. It is your spirit that got saved. And so this is the thing that you have to work on. So you, in order for you to grow emotionally, okay, and grow to maturity, you have to allow the word of God to change your mind. And I want to lift up one more scripture tonight. If I, and this is scripture We talked about this, but I think this is the foundational scripture that I want you to hold on to. Um, as we, you know, as you continue to meditate and, and study and just hear what I'm saying on this particular chapter. Um, and we're going to go to Second Corinthians and we're going to go to verse 10. This is where we're going to go. And so... It talks about how we are. And so let me go to the amplified version here. Okay, give me just a second here. Second Corinthians talking about casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so it says here, 
I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. See, this is about your emotions. Every proud obstacle that, that keeps us from knowing God. You got to cast those down. Those emotions that are keeping you, these emotions are like obstacles that keep you from knowing God. Okay. And so we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. See, this is, you got to cap, it says you have to do it. Now you can ask God to help you, to show you what they are, but you got to take these rebellious thoughts to, we talking about the thoughts that go against the word of God. You got to take them captive and teach them to obey Christ. This is what we have to do. It says, I'm going to go back to verse three. It says, we are human, but we do not wage wars as humans do. See, this is not a fleshly battle. It is a spiritual battle. Okay. And we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy every false argument. See, this is human. We're talking about human reasoning. We're talking about reasonings which is going to affect your emotions which things that you learn said from a child and things your reasoning says why do you believe what you believe that's when we talk about reasoning why do you believe what you why do you think the way you think okay and if you think a certain way then you it's going to affect you a certain way okay emotionally and then emotions are going to affect your behavior well, how do we do, how do we combat that? How do we come against that? It says, it cast it down. Destroy every proud obstacle, every thought that comes against the word of God. You got to cast down and you got to bring it into captive. It says, I don't believe this. I believe what the word of God says. I believe what Jesus told me. Okay, I believe his word, even though I don't feel like it. Okay, so you can do things even though you don't feel like doing it. You say, well, I don't feel like forgiving. No, it's not about your feelings. You're commanded to do it. Your feelings will line up as you can begin to walk in the word of God, begin to apply the word of God. Your, your emotions will line up. It will change. But your thought process has to change. That's what we want to do. We want to change the way we think so that we can walk in this emotional maturity that God has given us through what Jesus has done for us. And so let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for every person that's listening. I thank you right now, God, that people's emotions are changing right now, that they are casting down ideas and lies and thoughts that the enemy has placed in our, whether it was from childhood, whether it's from trauma, whether it's from a bad marriage, whatever the case may be, I thank you, God, that you're re helping them renew their mind to your word and the emotions are changing, God. They're going to walk in the glory of your word, God, and they're going to be a blessing, God. I thank you that fruit, the fruit of spirit is being manifested in their lives as they stand on your word. And I give you glory, God. Thank you that you are doing a work in them. For you said that you're able to complete that work. And I give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you in advance for what you're doing to your people. And I give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Once again, we'll come with you again next week on a new subject. And we pray that once again, we'll be a blessing to you. Once again, we thank you for sharing and listening. And we'll come back again to, um, with you next week on another topic. And once again, this is Grace and Faith Fellowship. Thank you for listening to us. And we'll see you next week. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.